Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. you guys embrace the, the underdog role? Uh, I think yes and no. Uh, I think internally we don't feel that way. Uh, externally, I don't know what it is, whether it's, I don't know what it is, but whether it's the lack of primetime games we've got or whatever, but I think um, the 11 and threes are not created equal right now um, in terms of the 49ers versus us, and um, we feel a little disrespected by that. Uh, I feel like we are the best team in the league, and uh, we've got an opportunity in front of the country to show it. Yeah, I was a little surprised at that. That kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, so... Um... I was surprised to see that, but uh, I definitely want to make that uh, that being correct uh, for sure. And hopefully, some people lose some money betting with them and make some money betting with us. So that'd be that'd be great. So I want them to pick us. I like being the underdog. You know, um, I don't know. I like we. I believe we play better when we're doubted and we're not. You know, people not choosing us to win the game. I feel like we play better all the time. So to do it all the way to February. Those last comments there from Lamar Jackson, I think, are the most indicative of why the Ravens are embracing this notion of being disrespected. If you're listening on Sirius XM 85 or podcast, it was Kyle Hamilton, then Marlon Humphrey, then Lamar Jackson with their thoughts. And Hamilton believes the Ravens are being disrespected. I know they're busy with their own football games this year and getting ready to play their next games. Maybe they haven't fully appreciated what the 49ers are. I think the fact that it's only a five-point spread is a sign of tremendous respect for the Ravens. When you look at the scores of the 49ers games lately, they have beaten the hell out of everybody, Shereen. For the Ravens to only be five-point favorites at San Francisco or five-point underdogs at San Francisco, that, that to me was surprising. I thought it would be nine and a half or ten. So this is just same old, find something find anything that we can use to muster extra motivation, stronger will, greater incentive to go do what 
we know we're going to have a hard time accomplishing, which is beating the 49ers in their own building on Christmas night. It's going to be very difficult for the Ravens to do it, but they're going to use this five-point underdog thing as some sort of fuel to try to do what I don't really think they're going to be able to do, but it'll be fun to watch because if they do it, that's going to change how we feel about the Ravens. It's going to change how we feel about the 49ers, and it's going to change how I feel about this notion that the 49ers just take this thing all the way through to the championship. And it's also probably going to change how we feel about the MVP award, Mike, because I think Lamar Jackson, if he wins this game, probably is going to win the MVP award. Let me ask you this, though. If the game was played in Baltimore, as good as the Ravens have been at home this year, would the Ravens be favored over the 49ers at home? No. 49ers would be two, two and a half point favorite, I think. Maybe a little more. And the line has moved to five and a half, which which suggests that the action on the 49ers is forcing the odds makers to skew it a little bit to get more people to take the Ravens. But yeah, I think the 49, I think the 49ers are clearly the best team in the NFL right now. And 11 and three, 11 and three. I understand why the Ravens, and you want people to believe in themselves, right? You want them to find ways to get extra motivation. Now it's not exactly the Holtz approach where Kyle Hamilton would have said, I can't believe we're not 20-point underdogs. This is the best team I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why, I don't know why we're even showing up. There, there's different ways to communicate your message. And I think what we're seeing and hearing from Hamilton and Humphrey and not quite the same from Lamar, the idea that you know these are things they're saying behind closed doors to get themselves motivated, and it's trickling out into what they're saying in the public eye. But you know, th- there is something to be said for not letting – the bully know you're coming. Soften up the bully by throwing bouquets on his front porch while you sneak in the back door to kick his butt. You know what I'm excited to see, Mike, is the 49ers offense, as good as it's been, second in yards, third in scoring, but I personally think they're the best offense in the NFL. Against the Ravens defense, second in yards and first in scoring, That, to me, is going to be the key matchup to see how the 49ers can perform against the Ravens. Clearly the best offense the Ravens have faced this year. I I would debate whether the Browns or the Ravens have the better defense, but their first or second, however you want to put that, they're really good. And, And to me, that's the key matchup, and that's the matchup I am most looking forward to seeing is how the 49ers can do against a really, really great defense, which I think this is a really great defense, which is why I think they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl and possibly win the Super Bowl, depending on what the matchup is in the Super Bowl. And usually I prefer to be right, especially since it happens so infrequently. I mean, this is one where I firmly believe the 49ers will win this game handily. I I picked them to win by 11 points, and I think Chris picked them to win by 10. I want to be wrong. Personally, I'd like to be wrong because it's more fun when you go toward the playoffs and you don't really know who the best team is, and it's all jumbled up. This year, there's one team that's clearly better than everyone else, and then as it relates to everyone else, we don't know who the hell is going to emerge. But it feels like it's going to be sacrificial lambs not true competitors, as long as those key players stay healthy. That's the big caveat. If the Ravens can win on Monday night, that changes it all with two weeks to go. And the Browns did it 
At a time when the 49ers seemed completely and totally invincible after beating the Cowboys 42-10 in Week 5, the 49ers went to Cleveland, and that was the game that the 49ers should have won. Jake Moody missed a field goal that he should have made. But that was the game where Debo Samuel was injured and missed a couple of games. Trent Williams injured, missed a couple of games. Christian McCaffrey banged up, still Christian McCaffrey, but banged up. And that set the stage for the three-game losing streak that's been the aberration because since that three-game losing streak, they've been unstoppable. So if the Ravens could stop them, maybe we don't enter the postseason thinking this is all just about second place. This is all who the runners-up are going to be. This isn't about who the champion's going to be. And I, I don't know. It's, when, I don't consume a lot of other media because, number one, I don't want anyone else's ideas to trickle into my brain. But I, I feel like, you know, hey, look, we're carnival barkers to a certain extent. We want the fans to be excited. We want them to think anything can happen. And we know anything can happen. But I think we also have to be honest with ourselves and with the audience when we say, the 49ers are clearly the best team. I mean, barring something unexpected, they're going to win the Super Bowl. They are the best team. And I know they still have to play the games. As Chris Berman used to say, that's why they play the games. I know. I know. But this feels like an old school 70s, 80s. There is one team that is far and away above everyone else. And then there's everyone else. And we're just witnesses to the eventual coronation of the 49ers. It feels that way. That's why I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Ravens. I'm not saying I'm rooting for the Ravens, but I hope I'm wrong. And I would be wrong by the Ravens winning that game because that jumbles everything up two weeks before the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I do think it's a competitive game. I think it's closer than 10 points or 11 points. I I don't think they cover. I think the 49ers win by seven, but I do think it comes down to a one score game and it's competitive to the end, which would lead you to believe that possibly the Ravens on a neutral site, on turf, in Vegas, would have a chance to beat the 49ers. 49ers clearly are a different team at home. The the Ravens kind of are too, but the 49ers, we talk about the Rams. The Rams would have a much better chance playing on turf in their building than they're going to have to go to San Francisco and play on grass and and win there. I I just, I I think they're going to be in the postseason I know we talked a lot about the Rams beating them. It's just going to be harder to beat them on grass at their place. But if you get them in Vegas on turf, I think the Ravens would have a much better chance to beat the 49ers than they're going to have to go in there and beat them on grass in their place. Traveling all that way, by the way, we, we, we talk about, well, you know, it's, it's travel's not that big. Travel's a big deal. And, and to go, what are they going, three time zones over to play – against the it's just it's different it's just going to be a different vibe a different feel for them than the playing at home but I do think regardless of what happens Monday night I think the Ravens have a better chance and probably a good chance to beat the 49ers in Vegas but I'm with you the 49ers are the best team in the NFL right now as we sit here today and they're probably head and shoulders above anybody else to me the Ravens clearly are the second best team right there below the 49ers. What you said about time zones reminded me of a Ravens 49ers game played in Baltimore on Thanksgiving night in 2011. And Jim Harbaugh, then the coach of the 49ers, John Harbaugh, coach of the Ravens, Jim was upset that they had to travel three time zones on a short week. They don't do that very often anymore. Although Saints had to go a couple of time zones last night. Um, 
And that game, remember that Ravens 49ers, great Thanksgiving night game in 2011. That opened the door to the NBC Thanksgiving night game. Before that, it was NFL Network only. We, I remember we had people over the house Thanksgiving night that year because you had to have NFL Network to watch that Ravens 49ers game. But this time, a little extra time for the Ravens to get there, but a tough assignment. And home field advantage this year, for the most part, not a thing. But for certain teams, it really is important. And it really is important for these two teams, the 49ers and the Ravens. Tough task for the Ravens. Be happy you're only favored to lose by five and a half points. I thought it would be worse. We'll find out Monday night if the Ravens can use that to propel themselves to a victory. Let's take a break. When we return, a grab bag that will help us preview some of the other Week 16 matchups here on PFT Live. week when you guys have a chance to do something that hasn't been done in decades what's kind of the mindset going into this weekend knowing that a win in the next three gets you to a special place yeah it's 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 really just that is that a win gets us the division and um we understand it we understand it we get it um i think i've said this before but we don't carry the the weight of the last 30 years here we don't it's the 2023 lions and um we're different than last year's team the year before and then 30 years before that so um, we're trying to make our mark this year, and um, you know, we got a chance to do it this week. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's been a long season and had some success, and hopefully can get it done. Jared Goff, quarterback of the Lions, as they try to close in on their first division title in 30 years. It was the NFC Central the last time the Lions won it. They are 10-4. and four. The Vikings are 7-7. Seven and seven. If the Vikings run the table and the Lions lose to the Cowboys next Saturday night, The Vikings win the division. It's amazing they still have a chance to do it, as up and down as the Vikings have been this year. But they'd have to beat the Lions twice along the way, starting this weekend at U.S. Bank Stadium. It's a winner whiteout for the Vikings like they had last year against the Giants. So fill in the blank. Vikings can play spoiler and keep the NFC North title hopes alive if they what? If they can convert a quarterback sneak I mean, Nick Mullins on third down and fourth down. It's the first time this season, Mike, that a team has failed on third down and fourth down in consecutive plays. They had been seven of eight before that. In all seriousness, I think it's not turning the ball over. Those two turnovers he had last week were deadly. If Nick Mullins cannot turn the ball over, I think the Vikings have a chance to win this game. Yeah, don't do stupid things because they did just enough stupid things to lose a game They should have won on Saturday in Cincinnati. They were the better team, but they left the door open. They put the graphic up at some point in the fourth quarter about how long the Vikings had gone since allowing a touchdown, and they allowed three touchdowns down the stretch, and that was that for the Vikings that day. Nick Mullins had over 300 yards passing. Ty Chandler had over 100 yards rushing. They are good enough to win this game if they don't do stupid things, and they have to hope that the Lions team that, obliterated the Broncos on Saturday night doesn't show up again. We haven't seen that Lions team recently. If that team shows up, it won't matter if they do dumb things, smart things, or nothing. The Lions will win that game. Browns at the Texans. What's more likely? And this is a big game. Browns 9-5, and five, Texans 8-6. and yeah. C.J. Stroud not likely to play. Maybe Case Keenum again. Joe Flacco has a calf injury, but he fully participated in practice on Thursday. What's more likely? Three touchdown passes or three interceptions? from Joe Flacco, who had three interceptions and overcame them last week to beat the Bears. 
I think three interceptions is probably more likely for him. I, I don't think he probably does either one, but I do, again, think that's the key to this game is these two quarterbacks, can they not turn the ball over? And he's done it quite frequently this season, and they've managed to overcome it twice, um, but he's thrown at least one interception in every game he's, he's started, Mike. So that's the key for him. It's not turning the ball over. If he has three interceptions, I think the te- Texas win this game handily. So weird to see him in that Browns uniform wearing number 15. But, you know, yeah, that's my other Christmas wish. Browns at Ravens at some point in the postseason. And the Browns, I think it's more likely he'll throw three touchdown passes this week. He'll be a little more careful with the ball. Maybe they'll be a little more judicious in their play calling to not put him in those spots. But this is the guy who's got that combination, the sweet spot, the brain from all those years of playing. So there's nothing that really fools him. He can process quickly. And the lingering physical abilities, it comes together and allows a guy to basically be coach on the field. Even as he's still learning the ropes in Cleveland, he's getting it done. I think the Browns will get it done. And I think Flacco will be better than he was last week. All right. Underdog of the week, either to cover or to win outright. Shereen, who do you have? I am picking your Vikings, Mike, because they have – They've been playing well. They've been playing well enough to win. As you said, they should have won last week. They were the better team. I think with Jefferson and Addison there, I think they're going to score some points, and I think they're at least going to cover, if not win that game. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I, I did pick the Vikings to win that game, although if I have to go with one underdog this week, it's the Washington Commanders at the New York Jets. Trevor Simeon likely to start for the Jets unless Zach Wilson clears concussion protocol. The Commanders, I mean, look at it this way. The Jets are going to run it back next year with most of the guys they currently have. The Commanders, you got guys who are kind of playing for their futures either in Washington or elsewhere. We know that there's going to be massive change. We don't know for a fact, but all signs point to dramatic top-to-bottom overhaul of the organization. And the commanders have not folded the tents. They played the Rams hard last week, gave it a a run late in the game. I I just – I see the commanders getting three points, and I wonder why. And 
of all the stadiums this weekend, Christmas weekend, Christmas Eve afternoon, what Commanders fan or Jets fan is going to want to go to that game? And I know there'll be some. It won't be like it was in Carolina. But who wants to? It's Christmas Eve. You got a million other things you could do on Christmas yeah. Eve than go to a football game between two teams who have been eliminated and freeze your butt off. I don't know what the temperature is going to be in New Jersey on Sunday, but it's not going to be 70. It's going to be an unpleasant day. And it's going to be an unpleasant game, but I think the Commanders will win. All right, don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly, plus all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every single day. Download the app and use the promo code PFTLIVE when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. When we return, we'll talk Shireen's Cowboys. Can they win on the road against a good team? Take that up next here on PFT Live. Tyreek knows I am faster than him. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not fun at all um, when you're getting ready to go against someone like Tyreek Hill because I know I got to run faster than I ever have all year. And um, I might hit a mile per hour mock speed. I might hit, hit you know, chasing someone like him. And your conditioning guy would be a little bit higher, uh, especially with him, Waddle, and um, all the dynamic players and running backs they have. So it's always, uh, it's never really fun, but it's always fun watching. You know, when I'm watching him going from almost 600 yards to the races, I'm like, man, this guy's nuts. Like, you know, it's fascinating to watch it, but when you're actually playing, you're like, ah, oh, damn, I got to deal with this. Damn. <laughs> Micah Parsons, Cowboys linebacker, talking about Tyree Kill. He'll have that ankle injury that he suffered 11 days ago now against the Titans. Didn't play last week, didn't practice last week. Practiced on a limited basis on Thursday. I was told on Sunday it's likely he'll play against the Cowboys. The Dolphins need him. They're only favored by one point at home with an over-under of 50. I think that's the highest of the week. Cowboys, after getting embarrassed, and there's no other way to put it, embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, they need to prove to themselves and everyone else they can win a game on the road. And the Dolphins need to prove to themselves and everyone else that they can beat a good team. Their pattern this year has been beat the bad teams, Lose to the good teams with the exception of the loss to the Titans. It's held all year long except for that Monday night. Now they need to break the trend the other way. They need to beat a good team. Something's got to give here. One of these narratives, Shireen, is going to change on Sunday. The Cowboys are either going to win on the road against a good team or the Dolphins are going to beat a good team. Neither has really happened this year. No, and, you know, these are two teams I look at as just good enough, to, and I know their record's they are what they say they are. I understand all that. But they're two teams that I look at, and I don't say either one's going to the Super Bowl. I just don't look at either one of these teams as a Super Bowl contender. Maybe if the Dolphins had all their parts that they're not going to get back, I would think differently. I just don't know that their defense is good enough to get them there. And then the Cowboys, you're right. They may have to go on the road in the postseason. Really weird game, Mike. In reality, this game means – Pretty much nothing for the Cowboys. If both the Cow, it's going to come down to the fifth tiebreaker, probably if the Cowboys and Eagles stay tied. Ninety percent of the tiebreakers, if the Eagles and Cowboys both win out, ninety percent of the tiebreakers, it's strength of strength of victory, I think, favor the Eagles. But if both teams lose once, the Cowboys are going to win the division. But they play the Dolphins, an AFC team, 
so if they lose, this is the game for them to lose. That's probably not probably. It's not going to factor into the division if both teams lose once, and they still need probably the Eagles to lose once. So a weird game for the Cowboys. So do you factor in, for instance, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin are banged up? Do you hold both of those guys out? I I think if they're ready to play, you play them because you want to you want to protect Dak Prescott more than anything. But I do think you have to consider that when you look at injuries. And I think Tyron Smith probably is, Mike McCarthy said yesterday, questionable to play in this game. So if there's any doubt, I think he's the guy you probably hold out. But they have been a totally different team on the road than at home. Dak Prescott, totally different quarterback. Five interceptions on the road, two interceptions at home, 63% completion percentage on the road, 70%. 74% at home, 304 passing yards at home, 216 away average. So just a different quarterback, a different team on the road. So we'll see what they can do in Miami. If they lose this one, I think you have pretty good solid evidence that they're just not going to go on the road and win a game. Now, I, I having said all that, I think they can go into Tampa and beat the Buccaneers. They did it last year in the postseason. But I wouldn't be surprised if they go into Tampa and lose, Mike, the way Baker Mayfield's playing right now. Well, and they just need some confidence. They can win on the road or they're never going to have a chance in San Francisco. Maybe Philly, but not in San Francisco. And I don't care where you play that game. The 49ers, clearly the best team in the NFC. Here's Michael Parsons talking about the Cowboys' woes away from AT&T Stadium. I think figuring out is like the mindset. You know, it's a mindset how you approach it. I think, uh, you know, when you're at home, you're comfortable. You're, you know, you kind of do what you do. Um, but when you're in a road, you're in a new space, you're in a new area, you're in a new area, you're in just a new environment. And uh, the mindset is when the lions, you know, Roman, does he take over the land or does he die? And last week we got we died, so we got to take over some land this week, bro. It, it really is strange that this has developed. They are so good at home. 15 straight wins there. They play so well on that surface. It's going to be grass this week, but it's a fast track in Miami. The Dolphins like to keep it fast. They they are a speed-based team. You mentioned the tiebreakers, though, and I think the Cowboys understand. I'd like to think at least at the highest levels they understand what they're up against. The Eagles have the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants. They win those three games. Cowboys win their final three. And you're right, strength of victory, the fifth tiebreaker, currently skewed heavily in favor of the Eagles. Not impossible that it doesn't flip the other way. Strength of victory is a reflection of the cumulative win-loss percentage of all the teams you've beaten. Right now, the record of the teams the Eagles have beaten combined significantly better than the record of the teams the Cowboys have beaten combined. So it's looking like the Cowboys are going to be the five-seed because of the three games the Eagles have left. But you look at how the Eagles have played. Are they susceptible right. to stepping on a rake in the final three weeks? Yes, they need to reestablish themselves. After a Monday night short week, flying back from Seattle, a lot of soul-searching, Nick Sirianni kind of like, you know, a little, a little pissy with the media. Jalen Hurts yesterday still kind of down. They're searching for answers. They need their confidence back. I still don't think the Giants will beat them on Christmas Day in that donut hole game. But still, still, Cowboys are up against it, and the Dolphins are playing for more. Because the Dolphins won't know 
whether or not the Ravens have won or lost when the Dolphins play on Sunday. And if we assume that the 49ers win that game, a win over the Cowboys opens the door for the Dolphins to get back into this chase for the number one overall seed in the AFC, which would be hugely meaningful for them, Shereen. So, yeah, I've picked the Dolphins to win this game, barely, three points. They're only favored by one, as we said earlier. But something's got to give. That's what makes this game fun. Something's got to give. One of these narratives is going to change on Sunday. Well, and it's funny because the last two games, your friends are like, well, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think about this week? So two weeks ago, before that game against the Eagles, I said, I think they blow away the Eagles. I don't think it's going to be close. I think you're going to know from the start that the Cowboys are the better team. Sure enough, Cowboys take the kickoff, go score a touchdown. It, it's, it's over, basically. And then I, I said, but – and this was before the Eagles game, I think they lose the next week. Now, I didn't expect them to lose like they lost to the Bills, but I did expect them to lose. I have no great feel for this game. No great feel at all. I think the Cowboys win it close, but it's not going to surprise me if the Dolphins blow them out either. I just I don't have a good feel for this one like I did the previous two games for the Cowboys. I think Tyreek Hill is going to be the key to this one. If he plays much more likely the Dolphins pull it off. If he doesn't, it's going to be very difficult, I think, to beat the Cowboys. Here's Mike McDaniel on the narrative slash reality that the Dolphins cannot beat the good teams when they face them. As I talked to the um, team today, I, uh, you know, I, I instructed the players to um, anything other than ta- uh, concern yourself with um, the the next opponent, which for us is the Dallas Cowboys, and and any other narrative um, that has to do with good teams or um, playoff seeds or the next three game, all that stuff. Um, I, I gave them the clearance to tell all members of the media to, with all due respect, <laughs> f off. With all due respect. Oh, the great palate cleanser. If you add with all due respect before, during, or after the thing you say, it wipes away any and all potential offense that could be taken. And look, it's not a narrative, (laughs) Mike. We love you, Mike. We love you, Mike. It's not a narrative. It's a fact. And until until they change the facts... The narrative isn't going to change. And they know it. They're aware of it. They've got eyes. They've got ears. They act like they block it all out. I thought it was so funny this week that Tua said he blocks out the noise, but he keeps receipts. You can't do both. You can't do both. If you're blocking out the noise, there's no receipts to keep. So it's selective. It's selective motivation. You act like you want to not give any credence to the things people are saying, but you reserve the right to remember the things they've said. So you can stick it up their rear ends when you defy the narrative. But it's not a narrative. And they have a chance to defy it. And I think they will. And they need to. Because how are they going to be successful in the playoffs? Last time I checked, only good teams make it to the playoffs. If you can't beat good teams, you're not going to last long in the postseason. Uh, I think the NFC South might... (laughs) <laughs> well, okay. There, most, <laughs> most, 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 most of the teams in the playoffs are good. Although the Bucks are playing better, I'll give, them, I'll give them that. He keeps receipts. <laughs> you better watch it. 
the, you know, the Dolphins, Mike, are going to be interesting against that Cowboys defense. Gave up the 266 rushing yards uh, last week. The two teams that the Cowboys play next, the Dolphins and the Lions, run the ball better than the Bills do. So are the Dolphins, who we know have all those weapons, including Tyreek Hill, if he plays, and I think he will play, are they going to try to establish a run against the Cowboys? Really good rushing team. And what if they just start running it and running it really well? Do they stick with the run? That's what I was so impressed with last week with the Bills. They stuck with the run. They didn't get away from that. But are the Dolphins going to get away from that? Or are they going to stick with the run? Because that's where the Cowboys can be had with the running game. And the Dolphins can do it if they stick with it. Well, and it takes all the steam out of Micah Parsons. If you're running the ball and they're on their heels, there's never a chance to do the proverbial pin your ears back and chase down the quarterback. Now, I think the Dolphins are more likely to pepper in some more passes because I still think this is a very careful process of of maximizing Tua's confidence. And if you make him into Bob Greasy and he only throws the ball eight times, that's not the way to do it. But, yeah, Josh Allen didn't throw it much last week, but that's exactly what the Bills needed. I think the Dolphins need more of a mix. But set up the pass with the run. What Kyle Shanahan does, scheme the run game first. Chris always says that. I think Mike McDaniel does that as well and needs to do that against the Cowboys. All right, let's take a break. When we return, I mentioned the Eagles. Jalen Hurts yesterday clarified his comment that the Eagles are lacking in commitment. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. Jalen Hurts had some eyebrow-raising comments after Monday night's loss to the Seattle Seahawks. He questioned whether or not the team has the commitment, whether we are sufficiently committed. He was asked some follow-up questions, and it was clear he was talking about commitment in the usual sense of the term. Here he is Thursday, right out of the gates. He was asked to further explain his comments about the fact, in his assessment, that we lack the necessary commitment. You know, my, my mind was in a, in a place of, um, you know, really just, just trying to challenge myself, um, challenge myself, you know, and I think <clears throat> when you think about holistically about uh, the things we want to accomplish and, and everything that we're trying to do, um, that all runs through me, that all starts with me. And so when I say we, I mean me, because I... You know, I'm, I'm the point guard out there. I'm the one that makes everything go. Um, and I'm the, I'm the guy that everyone trusts in to do and set the pace uh, for everything. That's in um, how I play. That's in my leadership. That's in every aspect of the game and that comes with um, the shoes that I walk in. And so um, this is a challenge to myself. And, you know, you, you, you challenge yourself and you challenge the people around you. Um, but, you know, I think it's... Uh, I think I think I think it's just a situation where we are, you know, where this is something that we're going through, not something we're stuck in. When I say we, I mean me. Well, he said we, and he just had just kind of a dejected. He still seemed kind of dejected three days later. I, when you say we might not have the necessary commitment, I don't care what you say after the fact. He said what he said in the moment. It feels like something's off with the Eagles this year, and it's just yeah. jarring. 10-1, and one, 
best record in football, and then lose to the 49ers, lose to the Cowboys, lose to the Seahawks, and here they are at 10-4, and four, trying to turn it around and reestablish their confidence. I think that's the key. They need to get their swagger back, Shireen, before the playoffs start. And they had the opportunity to do it with two games against the Giants and a game against the Cardinals. They need to do it because I think they're going to struggle in the playoffs. If they're the two seed, seven seed rolls in. If it's the Rams or the Seahawks, well, wouldn't that be something? Rams, Lions, Seahawks, Eagles. That would be a great rematch for the wild card round if the Seahawks are the seventh seed. They need to have that confidence back, or they're not going to last long. They're not even going to get close to the Super Bowl this year if they don't get back that, that vibe that they had earlier this season. Yeah, even when they were 10-1, and one, Mike, I don't think we looked at the Eagles and said this is a dominant football team because of the way they were winning. And now they have the three-game losing streak, and they're acting like a losing team. They're doing all the things that losing teams do. I mean, they just, to me, look like a total collapse. And when we were picking underdogs, I almost picked the Giants plus 12, and I don't think they win the game. I do think the Eagles win the game. But I think this is a game that the Eagles need to go out and reestablish themselves. They need to just kick butt in this game, cover that spread, win by more than two scores, and just put them away for a, from a confidence standpoint. And if they don't do that, if this is a close game, I think there's a very good chance that they could lose to the Cardinals the next week or the Giants the next week. I mean, Kyler Murray still is dangerous. For all the problems that the Cardinals had, for their lack of receivers, for everything else – they could still go lose to the Cardinals. There's still a chance of that. So this is a game when they need to go and get it all back and get rolling and win these next three games and win them in a big way and come out and say, we are who we thought we are. Maybe not who you thought we are, but we are who we thought we are. And we have a chance going into the postseason. Otherwise, Mike, I think this team is going to be one and done. I think there's a good chance they could lose in the first round of the playoffs. One last point very quickly. We spent a lot of time this week talking about the fateful throw that was intercepted by Julian Love when the Eagles had the ball first and 10 on their own 45, 13 seconds left, two timeouts, 15 yards away from a 58-yard field goal, which Jake Elliott can make, 20 yards away from a 53-yarder, 25 yards away from a 48-yarder. They threw it deep. The final analysis, based on everything that's been said by Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and A.J. Brown, on social media. The first read on that play was A.J. Brown, and it was a bad throw by Jalen Hurts. A.J. Brown was open. Hurts took a little too long to get it out, put a little too much air under the ball, and it fell short of the mark, and it hung just long enough for Julian Love to pick it off. It was not a good throw. Now, not many quarterbacks are going to hit A.J. Brown in stride that far down the field. And maybe on another night, on another moment, if he wasn't sick, Hurts could have done it. But in that moment, it was not a good throw, and that's why it ended the way it did. And in hindsight, yeah, he should have thrown it to somebody else, and he acknowledged that yesterday. All right, let's take a break. Show me something draft for Week 16 when PFT Live continues right after this. Move this guy out, bring in Bill Belichick, and off we go. And the Cowboys... And Shereen Williams is like, it's never going to happen. And and she has said if it does happen, it's going to be a tattoo of Jerry on one cheek 
and Mike and, and Bill Belichick on the other cheek and not on her face. Whoa. So okay. I've already offered to pay part of the salary for Bill Belichick in Dallas if that's the I'll end pay result. for Shereen's each cheek to make sure she gets those tattoos if that happens, okay? I promise you I that. might be violating the confidentiality of the PFT text message chain, yep. but that that's comment was made now. yesterday. Oh, yes, it was. Bill Belichick to Dallas, and Shireen has written the wow. check. Will she have to honor it at some point? We'll see. Did you know we had talked about written that on Monday? Cheek. Well, I think you kind of alluded right. to it. So, <laughs> yes, it's out there publicly now. Let's hope it doesn't happen. Yes, the cheek check. Written the cheek check. All right. Uh, boy, it'll be something, though, if it does. And a lot of it depends upon how it ends for the Cowboys this year, especially if it's short of the NFC Championship again, and if it all traces back to the head coach when it all falls apart. All right, show me something draft time for Week 16. Shereen, you're up first. Well, I think the obvious choice is Steelers receiver George Pickens, Mike. After what's transpired over the last week, him saying, I didn't want to block because I didn't want to get hurt, and the the interception when he the pass was intended for him, he walks off the field. I, I think... There is a question there about his dedication and commitment, and Mike Tomlin said he's going to play. If he's going to play, I think that the Steelers try to get the ball to him. Mason Rudolph is going to start. I think they try to get the ball to him. He is their best weapon. October 22nd was the last time he's had a 100-yard game. He's only had three this season. His stats, I looked them up. Compared to last year, Mike, same number of games played. They're almost exactly the same. 52 catches both years, 801 yards last year, 814 this year, four touchdowns last year, three this season. Almost the exact, exact same stats. But the Steelers need more from him. They need more from him this week in what is a must-win game for them. And I think they're going to try to get him involved in the game and keep him involved in the game. It's a big week for him. It's a big week for the Steelers. That's the thing. We've seen a lot of the symptoms of the deeper problem. The root cause here is a chronic failure to get him involved, to scheme the ball in his direction, whether it's through jet sweeps, whether it's through quick passes. Just let him be involved. Don't make him a stranger to what the offense is doing. Show me something. I'm going to do a combo here. Taylor Heineke slash Arthur Smith. Because Smith is on the hot seat. Arthur Blank had a chance to address it this week, and they're committed to Smith through the end of the season. After that, we'll see. But the door's open now. Saints have lost. Bucks might lose to the Jaguars. Falcons can pull themselves back into a three-way tie atop the NFC South if they can beat the Colts at home. They're making the quarterback change after Desmond Ritter had that awful interception that opened the door to the Panthers driving the length of the field and winning on a walk-off field goal or a last-second field goal close to the end of the game. I can't remember if it was walk-off or not. Either way, the Falcons lost. They need to win. And if they don't do some winning soon, Arthur Blank is going to do some firing. So Heineke back on the field, Arthur Smith back against the wall. They need to come together and get a win over the Colts, And they need to find a quarterback, Mike. They're probably going to be looking for a new head coach after the season if they somehow manage to win that division. And then they can go search for franchise quarterback yet again. They haven't addressed that position in a really long time. Uh, obviously, they tried with Desmond Ritter. It didn't work out, so they need to do something at that position. Speaking of quarterbacks, Mike, show me something Ryan Tannehill. It does not look like Will oh, Levis is going to play this week. Yes. Ryan Tannehill, the Aggie great, has, has 
taking the first team snap. If it was me, I would probably tr- play Malik Willis. You're not playing for anything. I'd want to see more of, of what he's become over the last year, just sitting there watching and learning. But it does look like that they're going to play uh, Tannehill. He hasn't thrown a pass in a game since October 15th. He hurt that ankle and lost his job in the meantime. Um, but this is a big game for him personally because – He's scheduled to become a free agent after this season, Mike. He's made $190 million in his career. He's probably going to go somewhere else and be either a bridge quarterback or a backup quarterback next season. But if he can show in this game that he's still got something there, there's going to be more teams interested in him, at least as a backup quarterback, than there otherwise would be. And you know, when he moves on to a new team, he'll have an opportunity to become the comeback player of the year again. 2019 comeback player of the year, Ryan Tannehill. Coming back, as Shireen would say, from not being very good. Doesn't really qualify as comeback player of the year. But, and it was my next one. It was my next one because I know how strongly you feel about Ryan Tannehill and how strongly you feel about the fact that he was the comeback player of the year in 2019. Show me something, Doug Peterson. I'm kind of on a coaching bent today. Because I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to play with the concussion that he suffered on Sunday night. Maybe he will. He's never missed a start. It's going to be him or it's going to be C.J. Beathard. they got to stop the bleeding in Jacksonville. The table was set for them. Everything was great. Now they're in a three-way tie with the Texans and the Colts atop the AFC South. They have to go to Tampa, where it's a tough assignment because the Buccaneers have found something recently. Peterson has got to find a way to get the most out of a team that's lost its way. For a while, I thought getting killed by the 49ers was the thing that had turned them around, but losing to the Bengals has thrown them off track. They need to get it back. They need to get it back now, and it's on Peterson. Let's take a break. We'll do round three right after this on PFT Live. All right, one more round of the Show Me Something draft for week 16. Shereen, you're up. I'm going to pick Geno Smith. Show me something, Geno Smith. Drew Locke didn't play great last week, Mike. A little over 200 yards passing, but he played well enough when he had to. Directed that 90-yard-plus drive at the end of the game. And so now the pressure to me is on Geno Smith. If he's going to start this week to come out and play better than he has ever this season, 15 touchdowns, nine interceptions so far this year, has not played as well as he did last year. Pressure on Geno Smith. Last one for me, and I'm going to say this. Show me something, all of you out there. Now, if you've already subscribed to Peacock, (laughs) I'm preaching to the choir. If you haven't, now's the time to do it. Because Saturday night, Bill's Chargers, exclusively on Peacock, unless you're in Buffalo or in L.A. It comes after the Steelers-Bengals game on NBC and Peacock in the afternoon. But it's only on Peacock, Bill's Chargers. It's $5.99 a month. $4.99 a month if you do a full year. That is peanuts. And I hear people all the time say, Shireen, well, it's just another streaming service. Well, you know what? You can cancel one of the other ones because this one's got NFL football. And it's not just Saturday night. There's a wild card game coming up in a few weeks that is exclusively on Peacock. So show me something. Subscribe now. And hopefully they'll show show me a paycheck for doing what I can to, (laughs) to help the revenue side of the business. Revenue expense got to pay my salary somehow shireen great stuff as always merry christmas everybody see you tuesday 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.